bits and pretzels inspire you. You will figure it out. This is clearly the place to be. Servus and welcome to a new episode of the Bits and Pretzels podcast. I'm Britta Wedling, Bits and Pretzels Editor-in-Chief, and I welcome you to the show. Today, I'm talking to Hildegard Wortmann, member of the Board of Management for Sales and Marketing at Audi and one of the most influential women in the international automotive industry. Hildegard is a leading expert in brand creation and crisis communications with a lot of experience from having worked in executive roles in different industries. She started her career at Unilever and then moved up the ranks at BMW, where she completely revamped the mini brand in the early 2000s turning the Mini into one of the most popular cars in the world. Today, she is the first woman ever on the board of an automotive company, where she is currently faced with a big challenge again. Turning around the Audi brand after the diesel scandal happened and the whole car industry is faced with ongoing claims to having neglected the issues of climate change, sustainability, as well as changing customers' behaviors for too long. And in our conversation, Hildegard offers rare insight into her playbook on building a brand as well as crisis management. Don't hide, don't stay away, don't be shy. Don't, even if you don't have an answer yet, you can still go out and say, I'm working on this, I'm looking at this, I'm concerned. Or you can, you can show your emotion, you can show your empathy and then come up with clear action. It's about speed, it's about um, showing immediately your commitment, immediately that you are on the top of the of the news and, and really understand. Because in the end of the day, customers want to see that you have understood what their sentiments are, how they are feeling at the moment. Hildegard Wortmann, thank you so much for joining uh, the Bits and Presses podcast today. Thank you very much for the invitation. We are very happy to get some insights today uh, from your perspective as a brand manager at Audi. Um, many founders obviously you know, have a lot of questions about building brand. This is actually what I wanted to talk with you about today as somebody who was like in the industry for a long time, first at BMW, then at Audi. Uh, you joined Audi a year mm. and a half ago, uh, kind of rebuilding the whole brand. When you think about the first steps of building a brand, when you think about the founders out there who probably have to pivot their product, uh, have to come up with a market marketing strategy for their company in the middle of the current crisis, coming up with a new product in the market, what's like the most important important thing to start with when you want to build mm. a valuable brand? Well, I think you, you rather start earlier than later. And I think, I mean, everybody's taking care then of the product first, which is which is natural. But I don't think there is a world anymore possible where you can just do a product and not think of the rest around it at the same time. So I think you need to get started right away to think, what is your product? But what is then the messaging? What is the content around it? And with that, obviously, defining your purpose. Why are you doing this? What What is the idea behind this product? What is the story behind it? And once you do a clear formulation on your purpose, you come automatically to the point where you have to define your brand as well. And um, so I would definitely recommend do this all in one go and don't think first of the technology side of a product and then afterwards say, okay, now it's the marketing time. It's it's not about marketing. It's it's really about branding, about positioning and about the purpose of your of your startup, the purpose of your business idea. What's the difference between marketing and brand building? I'm not sure whether there's an official definition, but how right. I differentiate is marketing is for me the, you know, you have your annual marketing plans. It's more like communication plans, activity plans, events and stuff that you can do around but it's it's your sort of short-term activity plan 
Um, building a brand obviously is like a marathon. I mean, you, brand building takes ages, takes long time. Um, you never see a brand immediately being built. It, it, it's something very specific. So brand is really from the strategic side derived out of a purpose, whereas marketing I see as a more short-term oriented communication path of how the brand is then mm -hmm. communicated. You obviously work in the industry for a long time. How did this change over the years? Before I came, I mean, I'm 20 years now in automotive, believe it or not. But before that, I was eight years in fast-moving consumer goods. And I was also heading up the brand Calvin Klein on the cosmetics side. And um, I learned at that time um, a lot about premium brands and um, how to market and how to position really a, a very luxurious product. When you then look into automotive, automotive in the past has never been very strong in brand building. It was always driven by the engineers, driven by the technology, not so much building brand. And um, perhaps I'm exaggerating a little bit, but back in the old times, it was more like marketing was at the very end of all the other functions. Yeah, There was probably R&D, R&D, and again R&D, and then probably a bit of production, 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 and then a little bit of finance. And then, right. oh, okay, we have to also do sales and marketing yeah. type of thing. Yeah, then so we, we take a woman and put it on a car and then uh, you take a picture yeah, that, and that, put that, it that, on the calendar. Those were the really bad times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. Then. Yes. So coming from that old times, uh, clearly I think everybody has understood more or less, but has understood um, that brand is, is an asset and brand is part of the market capitalization. So you create a value for the company and that's that's crucial to it. So brand is not something you can do at seven o'clock in the evening after everything else is done. Brand is as much a strategic asset, as much as a, a strategic plan that you need to have for a company, like you have it for your product portfolio and, and for your production investments and, and all the other things. Yeah? So, And I think that has changed. So there is a better understanding that brand is is also playing a vital role in automotive. Um, but I think there's still then, that's probably what you what you look at as well, is uh, the, the messaging in brand in automotive has changed as well you know, from um, from the past to, to what, what you can see today. Right. When you started working here um, as somebody who was responsible for brand on the one hand, but also for other parts um, here in the management board of Audi, What's the first thing that you did to think about the brand? Yeah, that's not the one thing that you do. But um, I mean, when, when I joined, a lot of people asked me like, oh, Vorsprung durch Technik, the claim, yeah. Um, how, what do you do with it? You need to change that. That's the first thing you, you need to get rid of, do something else, etc. And I think it's always good when you take over a brand that has a heritage. I mean, Audi is 110 years old, right. yeah. Um, you, you cannot change something overnight and you better think it through. So what I did really is going back to What is the purpose of the brand? Where does the brand come from? Really do a deep understanding of the DNA of the brand. Um, what were the icons of the brand, like the, the like Quadro, like TT, like R8, etc. You really need to get a very, very detailed and deep understanding of the past in order to be able to create the future. And that was really the first thing that I had to get my head around. So there's a wonderful book on Audi tradition, which explains where the brand comes from, how it evolved, what, what were the steps. And you really need to digest that. You really need to understand those roots of a brand And, um, because otherwise you will not be able to build a credible and authentic future for it. Right. On the one hand, you come like from a big legacy brand, a uh, long history. On the other hand, there's like some challenges in the in the market, obviously with the diesel gate and many other discussions around sustainability, the SUVs. How do you balance these different stakeholders in the industry? No, I think, um, I mean, uh, like in, uh, if you look at a brand like like a person a person's life, yeah, you, you always have in your life, I'm sure, you know, I had like a five in mathematics at some point and you never get that out of your CV again. Yeah, So things do go wrong in your life. 
but they are part of your life and right. you have to, to make them an integral part of your life. You cannot just erase them. Yeah, They happened, but it's the way how you handle them and the way how you, how you use to, to, uh, to handle it and how you, how you learn out of this. And um, clearly we had, we had some rough times, no doubt. And don't want to go there into the details for this talk here, but and the most important thing is that you then you really concentrate again on what is the strength of the brand. Again, where does mm -hmm. the brand come from? What was the real DNA of the brand? And then really see this sort of crisis or this, this sort of, of intervention there as an opportunity to, to go into new areas and to really shape the brand into a different direction. And that's exactly what we did. And for me, both the, the you talked about the diesel thing, but also the, um, the current Corona crisis is, right. is something that you handle. Um, I have a clear view that this, this is an opportunity. This is, this is a challenge, but the challenge in the positive way, because something like this, and I often say this, this Corona has, has been like a, like a like a booster like a speedboat for us in in certain areas of our business so i see it always as a chance but you have to act with that in a, in a very good understanding obviously it's a challenging time for founders as well it's obviously an opportunity everybody's talking about digitalization education healthcare how do you think about these new opportunities in digital for your company Yeah, I think, I mean, digitalization, like you say, it's it's been a buzzword for such a long time. Everybody talked about it. And sometimes I wasn't even sure what people really meant when they said digitalization. What you've seen over the last uh, three quarters of a year by now is that it had become true. It became tangible. Yeah? Mm. So for us at Audi, clearly we had, I mean, imagine the world. We had to, from one day to another, shut down all our showrooms. We had to shut down the physical contact with our customers overnight, basically. And then you overnight have to think about... But, how do I get in contact with them now? What, what right. can I do now? Right. So we developed a lot of things like data glasses, like uh, virtual consultancy, different platforms in a much faster way than we would probably have mm. ever done before. Mm. And became because it became such an urgency, it suddenly developed a sense of, hey, there's an opportunity. Let's right. go for it. Mm. And I'm, I'm really, I'm super proud of the team, how fast they turned things around, how fast they, they looked for the opportunities instead of the obstacles. And, and we did a lot of digitalization projects in that short time that probably would not have happened with the same sort of speed and dedication without what's like you know some of your learnings of how to communicate in a crisis as a brand mm -hmm. what are like some of the core principles that you think are useful for entrepreneurs I think the most important thing is the good old rule you can never over communicate right so communicate 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 it's don't hide don't stay away don't be shy don't even if you don't have an answer yet you can still go out and say I'm working on this I'm mm. looking at this I'm concerned or you can you can show your emotion you can show your empathy and then come up with clear action but communicate get out and talk about it don't don't hide away and don't say oh I have to wait first of all the next four weeks see what's happening and then I do something mm. I think it's about speed it's about um, showing immediately your commitment immediately that you are on the top of the of the news and and really understand because in the end of the day customers want to see that you have understood what their sentiments are how they are feeling at the moment and our customers at that point in lockdown were extremely worried mm. yeah and going then out and, and doing a communication campaign about hey here's a new a3 right. would have been completely wrong it would right. be disrespectful in a way even to what what con customers at that moment felt and it, it's also about internal communication right i mean it's not only how exactly you the same story yes right. exactly yeah absolutely when when you are in this kind of crisis it's obviously you know important to act quickly But it's also about communicating authentically. And it's always, you know, when I talk to founders, it's always about this balance. How much can I disclose? How much do I have to admit if there's a problem or if something's not going into the right direction? What's your best practice 
how to balance this? Honestly, I think this question starts much earlier because that's why I said in the beginning, you really need, when you think about your company, when you think about your startup, when you think about your business, that's the moment when you have to think about what do you want to stand for? What's your purpose? What's, what's the brand all about? And that has to do probably in the startups more than everywhere else, also with your own branding. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a young entrepreneur, how do you want to position yourself? What's your self-branding? And self-branding, you know, the, in the German culture, you quickly feel like, oh, this is something that I'm not supposed to do. Yeah, It's right. something like, I'm, it's like show off mentality. Right. It's got nothing to do with that. It is, you need to have a strong self-branding. You need to understand what are your strengths? What are your, where's your distinction towards other business concepts? What's what's different? What's special about you? And then you, you start telling your own story. You're part of the narrative that you create around that brand. And if, if you've done your homework, if you've done all these things and you have a clear understanding of this and a clear, for yourself, a clear mindset about what what this is all about and then a crisis hits you you know immediately how to right. act you have yeah. a feeling of how to use now your empathy how you how you use your narrative of the brand and, and, and turn it into action but you haven't done your homework there if you're not clear on what the purpose is if you're not clear on how much you bring your own story to the table etc and then the crisis hits you you start being just you know you you try to take some activities but you don't know really what the direction is and people yeah. will lose you right. you wash down your brand and you wash down the things that you have what if i'm in a situation let's say i i have to you know have a certain communication strategy moving forward how how much can i you know decide out of the moment if i probably don't have the time right i mean it's it's nice if i have the time to come up with a crisis plan you know sit in my office for two no, you never have time in crisis that's you know it's that's that's why it's called crisis this hits you out of the blue in, in usual cases yeah and it doesn't have to be like corona it could be something you have a big product um, problem or you have um, you know there's an accident in your in your office or you know things can happen all sorts of things but you never have the right moment for this you can never right. plan the crisis. So you have to plan up front. You have to be very clear up front what, is, what happens if. And um, the other thing I would strongly recommend, I mean, and that's really an advantage nowadays, you can feel what's happening in the, in the society, in the area where you work easily by just screening carefully through the um, internet and screening through all the platforms like LinkedIn, like, you know, um, YouTube, whatever it is. And you can watch and topics don't come up overnight. You can feel a sentiment in society um, evolving. And if you are really sensitive to that, you, you get it where an issue comes up mm -hmm. and you have to take that damn serious. You, mm. you have to take the very first customer that writes to you and says something critical about your product. Take it serious. You can learn from every, every statement. Even mm -hmm. if you think it's completely stupid, it's completely wrong what that person is saying. It is something that that person currently is perceiving and you have to take that serious and get prepared. You know, any advice of, you know, where to have your eyes and ears on as a founder right Everywhere. now? Everywhere. Like Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Yeah, I mean, or I think there are different philosophies what what to take first. And mm. I'm I'm a big fan of LinkedIn on the business side, right, really. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm 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 doing LinkedIn, and I'm happy to invite everybody who's listening to to have a look at my LinkedIn account. Would be great to see you there. Would be great to have your feedback there as well, also on this podcast. But anyway, right. feedback yeah. on the Audi brand. And I started LinkedIn only when I took over the um, the Audi bot um, position here because I felt it was for me a very good way of immediately reaching out to my own team. So mm -hmm. I didn't do it in the first run in order to communicate to customers, to the um, society, whatever. Yeah, it, it was really, I really created the account in order to reach my sales team that is all over the world. I mean, I have the smallest number of my team is sitting in Germany and the, right. the largest number of my team mm -hmm. is sitting um, internationally. And I thought it's the fastest way for me to share with them how I'm thinking 
thinking, what leadership means to me, what kind of you know person I am, um, what kind of activities we are doing, etc. Mm. And that you know comes basically for free. So right. every founder can do that immediately. But the important thing is don't don't do it accidentally. Like oh, today I take a selfie and post it. That's right. not what social media is about. Mm-hmm. You ha- need to have a very precise plan. A very de- you need to set yourself goals and then think about how you want to measure the goals. Mm-hmm. If it's the number of followers, if it's the number of interaction, if it's the number of likes, wh- whatever you set yourself as a target. Right. But don't do this as a thing you do at, at, at night at dinner table. You know? It's something that needs exactly the same attention and and detailed planning and strategy like everything else you do in your business. Mm. How long does it take to create a brand or like a good brand? Mm. You mean completely from scratch, right? It depends a little bit on how complex actually the brand story is. So mm-hmm. how complex probably the product is, the idea, the business idea is. How complex as well the founders are, whether you know there's a huge story behind it or whether it's something very easy, straightforward. Um, but I think the most important thing you need to do is really sit down and, as I said, define your purpose, define the why, define exactly what you want to stand for, and do this in a in a really in a narrative. Write it down. The the, the good old rule, um, you know, you have to write it down, then it sticks in your head. It's it is really conceptual work you need to do in the early phase. Once you have that very clear and and detailed defined. Then I think you can start. And then actually I think, and that's that's an advantage of all the social media, mm. you can be very fast in setting up a brand. Mm-hmm. Faster. The question is then, yeah, faster than mm-hmm. ever before. I mean, you yeah. don't have to go in TV anymore. You don't have to go into print in order to right. build up a brand. Right. You can build a, a brand from scratch completely via social media only and more or less for free. I mean, you have to produce some content, et cetera, yeah, right. but more or less for free. So it's not a question of financials. I think it's more a question on defining the right messages and really having a clear plan, having a clear goal, what to communicate, when to release which story, how to set up the next chapter for the brand. Right. And I always like the comparison to writing a good old book. Yeah, You you start writing a preamble and you you start writing what the idea was, why you did this book, what what's the hind. That's for me the purpose work. And then you start with your first chapter and then you build the brand chapter by chapter by chapter. And you have to make sure that you keep the attention high. Like mm-hmm. when you're reading a book, you, know, you mm-hmm. don't want to throw it away after mm-hmm. chapter three. You don't want to lose your, your reader. You don't want to lose your customer. Right. And you always have to think about new things happening to keep the journey going. Right. I know many founders who are like these nerdy engineering guys who I love. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I love them as well. <laughs> um, but who are... Not the first one who would, you know, say, well, I'm, you know, I want to go on stage and, you know, be, you know, the, my own brand ambassador. What if I'm a founder like that? If I don't want to, you know, be the communicator for my for my brand, can I outsource this to my PR or marketing person or how do I handle that? Honestly, I think, you know, I, I can understand. Not everybody is, I, I always uh, jokingly, um, I think my, you probably have to cut this out of the um, podcast, but I normally call it a rampensau. Yeah? What I mean is somebody who, who is on stage, who can deliver on stage. Yeah? You switch somebody off, you you, uh, on, yeah. Yeah, you put that person on stage, yeah. like like you did when you did your Obama interview. Yeah? Like you, you were on stage, yeah. like switch on and, and you were performing brilliantly. Yeah? So you have those people and then you have people where it takes, it takes time. But in principle, I'm convinced everybody can do it. It's mm-hmm. a question of coaching. It's a question of 
how do you want to get across? Mm -hmm. And what I strongly recommend is not to try to be somebody else. So if somebody is the nerdy guy like you just uh, described it, don't put that person into a shiny uh, stage where there's immediately 5,000 person in front of him. That, that, right. that would be the wrong starting point. Right. I think the key key message for me would be stay authentic. And if mm -hmm. you are the nerdy guy, right. yeah, then come stay. across as a nerdy guy. Nothing right. wrong with that. Right. But select, select the platform, select where you want to be there, where you want to approach probably people that understand this nerdy side. And most importantly, really define your messages. Because even if, if you are a nerd, if you don't like to talk into a microphone, it doesn't matter. Think about what, what is your core? What is your inner value? What is the thing you bring into with, with your business idea, with your party? And then you, you can make a story out of yeah. that. And the story is, the, the more authentic the story is, the better you can tell it. Yeah, there are some brands, and I'm thinking about two brands um, who I had a lot of interactions with uh, while I was still in Silicon Valley. One is Apple. The second one is Palantir, who just IPO'd, who are like specialists in creating a brand. Do you have any advice of the right timing for communication? And I think... Apple is an, is an excellent state-of-the-art example of how you create a brand. It's about creation. It's about putting every little puzzle piece um, into, into place and think about well, how does this person um, have an impact on your brand? How does this communication line have an impact? How does your product have an impact? That's why I said in the very beginning of this interview, you always have to think about 360 holistic view on your, on your business. Mm. What's your key idea? What's your founding idea? What's, what's your, your own story? What's your own narrative? But then also so what's what's the brand? What's the purpose behind what you want to do? Mm. And when you put this this holistic view onto it, then you see suddenly lots of opportunities to communicate, mm. and not all of them are look at me here. I'm doing a big interview type of thing. Right. You have a lot of subtle ways of doing communication. Right. Can you do too many interviews? You can do too many interviews if you do them with the wrong messaging and the wrong at the at the wrong time, the wrong platform. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be carefully chosen. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely not say take up any interview request that you get, go and do right. it. You have to be... Right. You, for me, the, probably the, the word that comes to my mind here most is the word relevance. Mm -hmm. You have to be relevant to your target group. You have mm -hmm. to be relevant to your, to those people that you want to communicate to. And if you go into platforms that are not relevant for them, you rather right. water down your, your brand. Yeah. It's, there's no point in doing this. And know? it's also a question of, you know, keep your brand interesting and not boring, right? Yeah, but that should be the basic principle anyway. Like right. when, when, when you write a book, you don't want to have any chapter that right. is boring. You want to have yeah. each and every chapter being delivering the story. Right. One brand that comes into mind is obviously Tesla, who just announced that it's kind of stopping its PR teams. Mm. What, what, what do you think about this move? Yeah, I mean, I think Tesla is a very, very special case and actually an excellent case. I think it's there's a lot of learnings you can take out of Tesla. But um, I think it, it depends on how you take certain so certain aspects and how you, how you want to continue communicating. Mm. Certainly at Audi, we have a highly professional team of, of communication and PR colleagues around the world. And I think it is very important for us because we have the chance with that not only to send, so being the sender of communication, but also receiving. And mm. that's the question. Do you want as a brand be two-way communication or do you want to be constantly out there and, and, right. and sending messages? And for Audi, for me, it's, it's, it's very important for us. We, we say we are living progress. The brand, you know, we have done this, this new brand strategy or the, this, this brush over on our brand strategy. We say we want to stay with Vorsprung durch Technik, mm -hmm. but you need to redefine what Vorsprung stands for, what, what the progress means. And for us, progress really means that it's no longer about um, 
um, faster, higher, more PS, whatever. You know, mm. I used to play in my, in my childhood time a auto quartet, and it was always about mm -hmm. the one who has more PS, and right. the other one yeah. um, was the winner. Yeah. Th those times, I think, are gone. You have to today. You have you have to define what progress stands for, and it stands for something where you where you give something back to society, where you make a contribution to the to the bigger topic. You know? mm. So the whole sustainability discussion, for example, and if if that's your understanding, living progress means for me as well being in communication, being in touch with your customers, being in touch with a society, being relevant for your customers. Mm. And um, I think for that, um, I'm happy to have a very strong network of colleagues mm -hmm. in the communication as well as in the corporate communication. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tesla or Elon Musk has a way to keep himself interesting and he probably runs his whole marketing campaign through his Twitter account and comes up with, you know, a new idea every second. Is there anything to learn from Tesla for, for founders in terms of brand communication and marketing from your no, perspective? With, as I said, I, I really have a lot of respect for Tesla and um, there's, uh, um, you know, I think it's it's a very special case, mm -hmm. but how many of the Teslas in the world do you have? You know? So I think um, mm -hmm. you have to be realistic that there is a lot of um, things that come together um, and What I think you can learn as a founder clearly is to to really believe in your own story because mm -hmm. that's what Elon is doing. Mm -hmm. He wants to to provide the sustainable energy solution and that's where he's putting all his effort on. And I think it's a good sign of focus. It's a mm. good sign of being very concentrated in your mission, in your vision for the brand and really going to that. And probably as a founder in the early days, you you run the risk that you that you dilute too much, that you look left and right, and then you get an inspiration from here and from there. And mm. that's, again, sorry if I repeat myself, I don't want to sound here like a preacher, but you have to go back to really in the very early days, think about what do you want to stand for? What's mm. your own personal message? What's your own personal narrative of the brand? Mm. What is your own personal purpose that you have with your, with your company? Right. And it's tough. It really requests you to you know, sit down a few days and nights and, yeah. and really take, I would always recommend to look for yourself for some sparrings partner, get some inspiration, talk mm. to people completely outside of your business, get inspiration from completely other people. And that's that's what I still do in, in, in my days. Every time I'm, I'm, you know, I've created something that I call LLX. It's listen, learn, exchange. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the most important thing. You have to continuously learn. You have to continuously stay open-minded. And, and take your inspiration from very different fields. So I love to talk to people like at the Bits and Pretzels, I talked to Kava Yunossi and you could ask, why are you as a sales board member talking to an HR board member mm -hmm. of a completely different company? Mm -hmm. But I got so much inspiration out of that talk with Kava and he's such an impressive person, such an impressive role model mm -hmm. that um, I took a lot of inspiration out of that. So yeah. stay open-minded, stay curious. Right. Where do you get inspiration from besides talking to people at Bits and Pretzels? Do you read? Do you... Yeah, are you listening to podcasts? Um, so, so I, I could easily it. answer and say all of that. I, I, you know, that's that's something that is so cool today. You can get inspiration at every corner. You have to. I think the risk is more that that you have to really choose carefully what you take as mm -hmm. an inspiration mm -hmm. and not getting enough inspiration. Mm -hmm. And um, as I said, I think I'm, I'm a very I'm somebody who who really likes to be in personal contact. Mm -hmm. Now difficult in Corona times, right. but nevertheless. Yeah. So I get a lot of energy by really doing talks like these and, mm -hmm. and, and speaking to people. But at the same time, I, I could even get inspiration out of a photography. I could get inspiration out of, I mean, I'm, I love to be out in the nature. I love to be in the mountains. So mm. when, when I'm in the mountains and my, my head is free, I can think about things that can inspire me. So it yeah. comes from all different areas. But I think the most important thing is that you have the mindset, that you have the click in your head and say, right. you know, be open-minded, take inspiration, think about things that on the first side, don't look like they have anything to do with your business. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you come up with ideas that you wouldn't thought would be possible before. Right.
for us, obviously, at Bits of Pretzels, Bavaria is a huge inspiration. And uh, with this, I want to move over to our mm -hmm. Bavarian beer garden bench. Oh, okay. Virtually. I'm sure about that one, yes. <laughs> Because obviously... Unfortunately, there's neither beer garden nor beer in front of us. I know. Us. Even, you know, we just have to imagine that we're sitting here yeah. at the Bavarian beer garden bench, since we want to bring, at least in this time of Corona, yeah. a little bit of this taste. <laughs> And I want to say uh, cheers. Cheers. What are we drinking to? Drinking to progress, drinking to a bright future, positivism. If you could have a beer at Oktoberfest uh, with one person dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, it would never be good enough to do one because you have never seen in a beer garden a bench where there's only two people sitting. Okay. Yeah? Who the would sit on your beer strong. garden bench then? Oh, I mean, you had this interesting talk um, last time with, with Obama. Certainly somebody, I would, I would love to have somebody like Michelle Obama around. Or right. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nelson Mandela. I would, would have loved to meet him in person. Yeah? There's a lot of people, but um, you know, it's, I, I, I've, I've never ticked in the way that I, I was looking for the one role model, the one idol that I was looking yeah. up to. Yeah. I, it's... it's uh, It's a wild pottery of different people that I would love to invite. And the, the more diverse the team is, the more diverse my, my guests at the beer bench are, the better it would be, right. the more fun it would be. Yeah, talking about diversity, obviously you are the first woman on a you know board of an automotive company and you obviously had an impressive career. Uh, you mentioned that you've been at BMW, at Unilever, Calvin Klein. So, so talk about, you know female entrepreneurship and female founders and, you know, some of best practices that you've learned in your career about succeeding in this world, which is like the automotive world is not known for being a female world. Yeah, I mean, I spent many years in boardrooms where there's never ever any women in there. Yeah. Um, so, but luckily that's changing. Yeah, I mean, look at Audi, we have already two female board members. Yeah, I have my colleague Sabine, who's heading up HR. So we are already two in that, mm -hmm. in that team, which is great. Mm -hmm. Is it enough? No, of course not. But, you know, it's, it's getting there. So I don't want to talk it positively in the sense of job done, but I want to say things are progressing. And I'm saying that because I want all the female founders to really be courageous and mm -hmm. don't let yourself being talked down like, oh, this is a man's world and it's all difficult. Believe in yourself, believe in your idea. And then it doesn't really matter. And but I I'm, mean, you know, the numbers are not really changing that fast. I mean, yeah, but the numbers, I think you have to look into the founder scene as well. I mean, if you look into the old established um, companies, that, that is a different story. But mm. here we're talking about a younger generation. And if I look at my team, the younger generation in my team, for them, gender diversity is not a topic at all. For them, it's a topic about plural, plurality in their mm. teams. It's about having people with different backgrounds, different skills, different experiences, different nationalities. And I think that. That's the diversity we should look for. And the gender diversity right. needs to be a very normal. But mm. hey, I'm realistic. I, mm. I know this is not yet the world out there. Mm. But um, also I'm seeing definitely in the younger generation a complete... That, that, that's not a topic for them anymore. Mm. I think what, what you are addressing is then more the point, how do female founders find in the probably more established, more male-oriented uh, capital side partners that believe in them and, and where they can position themselves. And again, I would say it's, it's all about authenticity. If you really believe in your idea, if you have a sound concept, if you have really well thought through, and you, then, then tell your story, believe in your story, go for it, and, mm. and you can make it. I think you need more, you know, female role models who would help you in your career. I mean, this was at least always the case in my career. I always had female mentors who kind of pushed me to do more. And I think, you know, hopefully moving forward when we have like more, you know, female executives, uh, this hopefully yeah. changes. I mean, I, 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 I try the, as much as I can to contribute to that and, and be in many rounds. And I do this with my own team. So whenever I'm 
before Corona, but when I was still able to, to travel to my markets, I see my role well, very much as one where as a sales responsible, I'm, I'm going out into my markets where yeah. the teams are. Yeah. And I have um, one top that is on every travel agenda as an absolute must-have, and that is a talk with my rock stars, with my younger team mm -hmm. colleagues that are in there. Mm -hmm. And I, I, on purpose, de-invite their bosses. I just do that with them okay. directly. And mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, for me, a fantastic learning because I get a sense of what this, this younger generation is talking about, what the topics are, mm -hmm. how they perceive the brand, how they perceive our business, what their expectations are. Interesting. And mm -hmm. vice versa, I always get great feedback from them, um, how much it, it means to them. And I think that's, that's our, you know, for me, that's a little bit, If I, if I can say so, it's a little bit the difference between being a manager and being a leader. If you mm -hmm. are a leader, you take care of these things. Mm -hmm. You take care of your team. Uh, you have the right sensitivity of uh, where you need to be, where you need to be a sparing partner, where you, where you have to pull somebody out of the lower hierarchies and bring them up to the forefront because the idea is great, the person is great. You have to build ex exposure platforms for the person. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's definitely what I'm thriving at and what I'm trying to do in, in really everyday work. How do these rock stars think about buying a car? I, I mean, I always hear this about, oh, young people are not interested in cars anymore. Mm -hmm. First of all, I think this is completely wrong. There's a difference between being interested in car and, and the car uh, industry, especially now where the car industry gets more and more tech industry rather mm -hmm. than the old uh, metal sheet pressure now. And um, the, the second thing that I think is, is completely wrong is um, to believe that cars are just cars. It's it's about an industry, it's about technology, it's about software more than mm. ever before. Mm. And the young generation is absolutely interested in these topics. Mm -hmm. But it does not necessarily mean that they have to own a car. Right. And that's mm -hmm. a different thing. So mm. between owning and using a car is a big difference. And then we are in a premium segment and Audi is a premium brand. Um, we are looking into lots of opportunities where young people can test drive the brand by um, flexibility in how to use the brand, etc., but not necessarily having to own a car in the, in mm. the young age. And I think that's the flexibility we need to provide. Mm. But I cannot confirm that young people are not interested. They are interested, but they are probably not the ones, like in my generation, when I was 17 and 364 days old, I was going <laughs> for my driving license and I had my car in front of yeah. my, my house. And it was yeah. an old, oh, very old used car. But right. Um, that that has changed, yes, but the interest in design, in software, in mm -hmm. technology, I, and the, I, I can't think of any other industry that is so much in transformation mode right now. Mm. It's, it's the most exciting times I've seen in my 20 years yeah. in, in this industry. Coming to our toolbox right now, which mm -hmm. is the part where our guests share three tools they find useful for entrepreneurs. What are your three advices of how to build a brand for founders? Number one. Before you start thinking too broad, really sit down, write down on one page, what is the purpose of your business? What is the purpose of your brand? And define that very clearly and then define yourself the goals and how, how you want to measure yourself against those goals. When did you reach which um, level of it? But very clear, very crisp, very transparent, very easy written down. What is the purpose of your brand? And needless to say, that needs to be something that holds true for the next five to ten years at least. Right. You can reshape it in, in certain times, but it needs to be a long-term statement. Number two. Number two. 
Number two, clearly, you have to have a very clear business plan and a very clear route that you want to take. And you set yourself the goals and set yourself as well the KPIs, how you want to measure, how you achieve your goals. And then constantly do the, the check and balance between where you want to go and whether you have the right direction. And stay on your route. Don't get diluted. Stay authentic. Stay consistent with what, what you have planned. Number three. And number three, I would say, especially to the to founders, is use the network. Network, 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 and again, network. You can never never over network like you can never over communicate use the networks there's so many opportunities but also look outside of your usual neighborhood don't go for the usual things that you would normally see yourself try to go into different areas of business different people different uh, surroundings and build up a network there the broader the network the more diverse your network is the better chances you have to to build up your own awareness and and learn from that broad network Coming to our either-or game right now. Uh, and this is how it works. I give you two words. You have to choose one and explain real quick why you've made that choice. And the first one is obviously bits or pretzels. Bits, definitely, because there are too many bad pretzels around in the world. And there's only very <laughs> few places where you can get a really good pretzel. And by the way, it's not pretzel, it's brezen. Okay, yeah, so, um, great. <laughs> uh, automatic or manual? Automatic, because nowadays automatic cars are just better, really better than, than manual um, gear shifts. And um, yeah, yeah, no good driver can, can, um, can use the, the manual gear shift as well as the today's automatic transmission systems can do. Highway or country road? I love both because I love speed. But if I have to choose only one, which is the game here, then I would go for the country roads because you can have curvy, nice roads where you can really do driving dynamics Or you can slow down when you sit in an e-tron. You can enjoy the quietness of an electric car while going through a beautiful landscape. So I think you can have the most fun on country roads. Speaking or listening? Listening. Very clearly listening. And, and listening in order to understand, not listening in order to answer. Mm -hmm. Conquer or compromise? Conquer. Come on, that's clear. <laughs> Nobody wants to compromise. I don't even have to explain that. I had some guests uh, for compromise, but uh, no, interesting. No, yeah. No. Uh, chaos or order? I think you need to have a certain structure and you need to have a clear foundation for things. But if, um, if you don't allow, let's call it an, an organized chaos, then you don't get creativity. And I think creativity, innovation needs certain certain breaks with rules and certain disruption in order to have enough freedom to do things. Tradition or transition? I would say tradition and progress because, as I said, I think, uh, you know, you, you have to be aware of your DNA, you have to be aware of your roots, but then you really have to go into the next progress, into the next level. Transition is always a little bit, sounds for me always a little bit like stuck in between and that's not a good one. <laughs> Saving or spending? Oh, that depends on private or business. <laughs> <laughs> I love spending, um, but um, no, I think um, each each of the two at the right time and for the right things. Numbers or ideas? Hmm. Uh, really good ideas always come with numbers. So numbers? No ideas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Singing in the shower or in the car? Both, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and you don't want to hear that. And, and don't, don't even ask. I would not definitely do this at any point in time. <laughs> Dreamer or realist? Oh, I'm, I would say I'm a, I'm a realist and that's, I mean, in, in my role and responsibility, very clearly I am a realist and, and that's, that's the role also I'm, I'm fulfilling here. 
On the other hand, I think you need not probably dreams, but you need to have your freedom to think about things and, and let unwind your body, unwind your mind as well in order to recharge, in order to get energy again. So you need to have, an, in German you can say Spannung and Entspannung. Yeah? And this, you need to be in intentional in, co in compress mode and decompression mode. Um, but yeah, you got to be realistic, otherwise you would be a bad business person. Yeah? Hildegard Ortmann, thank you so much for coming on the Business yeah, Fest podcast today. Really, I really thank loved you very it. Thank much. you for the format. Thanks, thank Bridget. you. Great job. All right. That was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us and subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new episode again. You'll find us on Spotify, Apple or wherever you're listening. See you next week.